0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome. Clear my throat again to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday, December the twenty seventh, two thousand and twenty one. It is seven oh two on your Tucson morning, and we are live right here on fourteen ninety AM, one hundred four point nine FM, ESPN Tucson, and of course, the Jeff Dean Show is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And uh, we're going to keep uh, some things local today. Not a, you know, not a whole lot with the Wildcats over the weekend. Uh, over the the lengthy weekend, other than some news that they won't be playing for a little while longer, uh, which was highly, highly disappointing, but we'll get into that a little bit later. The NFL had an interesting weekend of games and still one more game to go tonight, one with a lot of uh, playoff implications, that being the Dolphins versus the Saints on Monday Night Football tonight. We'll talk more about that as we have just a minor little preview on that tonight, and, of course, where you can go watch the game with Spears and Ali tonight from three to six, <clears throat> and then of course following the game after that, lots of uh, other things from the NFL. Some some big time numbers being put up in the league yesterday by uh, several of the players. Some very interesting performances from uh, from some of the uh, some players. That I didn't even think were in the league anymore. To be honest with you, <laughs> I was like sitting so there watching TV and I'm like, wait, wait, did you just say? Oh, did you just say Rex Burkhead? He's still in the league? Wow. So we'll talk about that. Uh, jolly old St. Nick comes off of the bench to start for the Bears in a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest, gets the Bears a victory, and uh, we'll talk about Nick Foles and his performance. He gets his first start in over a year in the NFL and uh, leads the the Bears to a, a road victory, and uh, he just continues to do, Great things with his uh, with his career in the NFL. Real happy for him. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well. Coming up at uh, eight o'clock, as we always do every Monday, the Dean's List and the Dunts List, my heroes and zeros from the weekend that was in the world of uh, in the world of sports. Have plenty of of uh, uh, entries for you today. Three of them uh, for each, as we always do. Uh, so I have three of each for those. Also, we'll talk some NBA as the Suns lose over the weekend to the Golden State Warriors, uh, the game that was played on uh, Christmas evening. Um, look, you know, just to, just to be real basic about that before we talk about it a little bit later on in the show, the Warriors are basically unbeatable when they don't turn the ball over, and they had fewer than 10 turnovers in that game against the Suns on, uh, on Saturday night. And you, you just you just can't beat it. I mean, the Suns shot the ball extremely well. I thought they played pretty good defense. The Warriors shot the ball basically right at the same clip as the Phoenix Suns where the game was so even as far as, like, field goals and free throw attempts and free throws made and such. The Warriors won the battle on the boards. But when they don't turn the ball over, they're unbeatable. The only way – when the Warriors lose, it's because they're turning the ball over 15-plus times a game single digits and turnovers you can't beat them so that's the basic way to look at that loss but there are some other things that we want to talk about as well with the sun's loss uh to you know it was a, it was a big big loss they're now one and two against the warriors so far this year and uh you know those two are the, obviously the top two teams in the league right now as uh the nets also got a win uh on christmas in los angeles against i, I don't know who the lakers were were playing with on the floor that night other than russ and lebron a, Check the box score for some of the no-name people that they have playing on their roster right now. Uh, but that's what happens when you spend all your money on three guys and then don't have anybody else to uh, to back them up when they get sick or hurt or whatever. Uh, so we'll talk some NBA. We'll also talk some NHL. Tons of cancellations in the NFL and the NHL. They they made it official over the weekend that they're not going to be allowing uh, NHL players to uh, to perform and to, to play in the uh, the Olympics the Winter Olympics this year disappointment amongst the uh, the fans and amongst the players in the league uh, regarding that news so talk about that tons of college football bowl game cancellations it seems like every day there's another canceled bowl game and these bowls are looking for teams to, to come and play the games and it's getting uh, it's getting pretty ugly out there now I will say this, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much time on the you know, the COVID topic today because it's it's just it's tiring. It's 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 just it's gotten it's gotten to the point where it's so frustrating. You know, frustrating for, for us who work in the business and want to cover sports, we want to watch sports, we wanna have, you know, more to consume. And of course there's the fans, you guys out there that are wanting to watch these games and you know, I mean it's it's affected the Wildcats, it's affected a lot of teams. Um I will say this, hopefully, hopefully this report that is allegedly out there or, you know, I know it was teased by the NFL chief of medical staff, uh, basically their, their head of, uh, of, of medical, you know, whatever the overseas, the medical aspect of the NFL, he said last week, I think it was Thursday, he made a comment or he, he was quoted as saying that asymptomatic people are, do not spread the virus. So. If if that can be endorsed by CDC or the World Health Organization or you know whomever, um, you know whoever needs to to endorse that and say yes that is correct, if you know if that's the case then, hopefully these other pro and amateur leagues can start saying okay look if you're asymptomatic you're not going to be spreading so you can play so you you you're clear to play we don't have to cancel games because we don't have enough guys to to fill out a roster to to play games that would be huge in my opinion and uh, hopefully that happens much much sooner than later because you know just looking at the wildcat situation right now and we'll talk about it a little bit later but just to give a, a little bit of of you know just my a, a quick thought here on it before we do some some cardinal talk the you know the wildcat situation where the L.A. schools have now canceled both men's and women's uh, uh, games against the state of Arizona teams that were coming up this weekend, you know, Arizona now has to, they're scrambling to try to, you know, kind of squeeze their schedule in. So, like, the Washington game that was postponed and then rescheduled for January 25th now got moved up to January 3rd. So the Wildcats are trying to, like, trying to squeeze in, like, let's try to move games up. So that we give ourselves some time later in the year to make up some of these other postponements, and these are games that the Wildcats are going to have to travel for, and it's not like it's not like these are the top the bottom two teams in the Pac-12. These top two teams in the Pac-12, it's the LA schools. I mean, you want to play them, you you got to play them. So, and again, UCLA hasn't played a game in over a month. Uh it's just it's getting. It's getting ridiculous. So hopefully some of these you know, some of these reports about the asymptomatic players not spreading and things like that will 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 make its way trickle down and, and you know, we can get some kind of an endorsement from whomever we need to before they before these leagues and before these uh schools and you know the NCAA and whatever start to adjust what they're doing. Because I think we all know what's happening out there. <laughs> There's guys that are keep testing positive, and they're not sick. There's a, countless players in all the leagues that are like, I'm not sick. I just can't test negative. I can't get a negative test. I don't feel bad at all. So it's causing problems, man. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the world we live in right now, and hopefully it's coming to an end. I know some people are like, oh, you know, this is what we're going to have to deal with every year. You know, we're gonna we're, this is going to be a regular part of life. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think what we're seeing with the the Omicron variant or whatever I personally I think this is the the end of a dying virus. It has become desperate for hosts. It clings to everything. It's highly contagious, but because of that it's lost its potency. It's not making people sick. And this is this is the virus weeding itself out. It's it's like, okay, these you know, these humans have fought back. I need more hosts so that I can live and grow. So it becomes more contagious, more communicable, but it loses its potency because of it, and that's how viruses die. So hopefully that's the case because I'm sick and tired as soon as I'm sure every single everybody else is too, dealing with this nonsense, this mess. All right, so looking on Saturday night as the, the Cardinals hosted the Indianapolis Colts on that Christmas night game, there was a lot of implications involved. You know, the Cardinals needed to win to cash in their their playoff ticket to you know to cash move their way into the playoffs. Now, with the Forty ers loss on Thursday, things got a lot easier for the Cardinals. We'll put it that way, and they were able to eventually back into a playoff spot because of it. Um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But you know, the Cardinals uh, obviously you want to win. You're, you're playing at home. You got to get off the Schneid. They have not played well at home recently. Tons of turnovers. You're going up against a really hot team and. You know, I talked about it in my picks. Like, I just – I didn't see the Cardinals winning that football game. I had the Colts covering. I had the Colts straight up. I took the Colts in three different parlays over the weekend, and I was happy to walk that ticket up and cash it in because I just didn't believe the Cardinals had it in them to win that football game. And, damn, I was right. They have completely – and I mean completely – lost their early season identity and they've become a shell of their former selves from what we were watching during the first 10 weeks of the season. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, you're right, because the exact same bleep happened last season after week 11. Cardinals had this, this, and and they weren't. They weren't as effective last year. They were still trying to kind of get things going. Kyler was younger, you know. They're still trying to work out the, you know, the the, the chemistry with the receivers, and they didn't have quite the dynamic backfield that they have this year and such. But uh, Cardinals were largely effective through the first eleven weeks of the season, or ten weeks of the season. Week eleven, they took a took a loss, and then just continued to take more and more losses throughout the year. They finished the season, uh, their final seven games, they were two and five. Offense was just throwing the ball sideline to sideline, basically little dump off passes, lots of screens, uh, just unable to throw the ball vertically down the field, which they did for the entire first half of the season. And they did the same thing this year. Cardinals came out on fire. They're bombs away. Offense looked amazing. Kyler Murray was the front runner for the MVP award. And now all of a sudden the brakes have been slammed on and they can't figure out how to get the gas, get the car moving again, because, Cliff Kingsbury, for whatever reason, just does not have what it takes to finish a season, finish a game, whatever have you. You know, break it down. There are so many coaching glaring coaching deficiencies with this football team, and it's it's a good thing that they have as much talent as they do have. And granted, you know the the rest of the NFL is talented as well, but. Give the Cardinals some credit. They have some really explosive players on that uh, on that roster, both sides of the ball. They've done a good job of not only drafting first round picks, but also bringing in free agents and stuff. The guys that wanted to be here and uh, and sign you know sign contracts to play here. Uh, but you, you, you got you, you, the coaching is just <laughs> we saw it again on Saturday night, right? Now this time, I was I was ripping on Kingsbury last week. Because in the late game situation, they they needed to kick that field goal, right? They needed to kick that field goal early in the you know, earlier in that fourth quarter. Kick it on second down, kick it on certain you know, from two weeks ago, kick it on third down, whatever have you, because what you needed was less time on that drive and you needed to get the ball back so that you could give the ball back to Kyler Murray and let him show off that rifle of an arm of his and try to gun one down the field now granted th- these are all situations you don't want to be in as a football as a football team it's almost like um, I mean look we've all done this maybe I don't want to paint everyone with such a broad a brush but I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, that ninety percent of us plus are guilty of of this act you're in school whether it's elementary junior high high school college whatever have you you have an elementary school. You probably didn't have papers to write. You got a paper to write, right? You've, you've been you've known about this whether it's a book report or a thesis or whatever have you. You've you've got a paper to write. You've you've known about this paper for weeks. What do you do? You wait to the last minute, and expect miracles to happen. That's almost like what the Cardinals are doing right now. Like, they fiddle fart around for the first three quarters of a game. They kind of uh, get down, well, we'll be fine, turn the ball over. Get you know they, they have some penalties. They're like, hey, we'll, we'll turn this thing around, we'll turn this thing around. All of a sudden, it's midway through the fourth quarter. The defense can't get the opposing offense off the field, and it's tick, 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 and now they're gripping. right. They're starting to, they're starting to pucker up a little bit. Then they get the ball on offense, and then those mistakes that have happened in the first three quarters of the game begin to happen again. And they're first and 15, or first and 20, or second and 15. Mistakes, 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 mistakes. Coaches are not understanding when they need to throw a challenge flag as opposed to when they don't need to throw a challenge flag. The head coach unaware of, how, you know, how to manage a clock or at least how to coach his quarterback on how to manage the clock. Uh, it, it's just, it continues to be a problem. Now, when I said that they've lost their early season identity, it's it, it's like it's like the Cardinals are going in reverse. Okay, when you when you see a great when you see a great football team, that's a team that is has established their identity. Now, whether they have established it early and continued it throughout the season, you know they're just a they're just a dynamic football team. It may be like the Packers after their Week One loss, and again, you know, it had all kinds of off season problems. You could almost see that loss coming to the Saints after that. They've been a juggernaut. They've been they've gone 11 and 2 since then. 12 and two, 12 and 2. Sorry. 12 and 2. Since uh since that loss, I forgot they they have 12 wins on the season. Uh and they you know they established their identity early. We know what the Packers are. You know the, the the Patriots kind of established their they they established their identity early and they do often under Bill Belichick. The Kansas City Chiefs, it took them a little while to get, you know to get there. But lo and behold, you watch Chiefs football over the last four weeks, you're like, yep, that looks like the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes Chiefs of the last three years. Looks, yeah, that looks real similar to me. Uh, yeah, that's, that's on brand. Teams forming their identity. I talked about it with the Wildcats this year, with Wildcat football. We knew they weren't going to win a lot of football games. I wanted to see this team establish an identity, and I feel like they did. I feel like every team that played – Arizona, every team that played Jet Fish's team this year, knew that they were going to get a fight for 60 minutes and that eventually Arizona would just kind of break down. They didn't have the talent to get them over the hump in certain situations. They didn't have the depth on their roster to allow them to shuffle players in and out and be effective on all downs when guys were tired or guys were banged up. Okay? in certain situations Arizona was was put in just just unwinnable situations but every team that played the Wildcats this year knew that they were going to get a fight out of them that that team was not going to quit that they were going to they were going to play a very aggressive style on defense they were going to play man across the board and on the offense they were going to they were going to get creative they were going to put playmakers in positions to make plays to get the ball and make plays and they were going to throw the football at a high rate they're going to be efficient with throwing the football and throw it in every you know, every possible spot on the field. You know, I think Arizona finished this year. He was either sixth or seventh in the conference in passing offense. As putrid as that offense was nationally, to be rated sixth in the conference in passing, I thought was pretty impressive, considering all the all the the, the problems that they went through at the quarterback position throughout the year. They established their identity. That's coaching. That's that's players buying into a system. That's players saying, Yep. We're going to follow you to the ends, and we believe in what you're doing. And that's everybody tugging the rope in the same direction. The Arizona Cardinals, two years in a row, that car the, the rope that they are pulling on has frayed, and you've got some guys trying to choke up on the rope. You've got other guys trying to pick up strands off the ground. You've got other guys that just completely walked away uh, altogether from the rope itself. They have completely lost their identity two years in a row. And, y- yeah, they're in the playoffs. Congratulations. To the Arizona Cardinals who have backed into the playoffs because of a 49ers and a Vikings loss this weekend. They're currently clinging to the I think they're the five seed. Look, they're not going to be hosting a playoff game this year, which is it might be a good thing. It might maybe that's not a bad thing that the Cardinals have backed in and aren't going to be hosting. Because as badly as they play at home, they're probably thankful that they're going to get to go on the road for a playoff game, which is insane to be saying to yourself. But really, maybe they do feel that way. Not that they meant to. But there are other problems, other glaring problems, other than the decision, you know, just Kingsbury decided to kick the, kick the field goal on third down like he should have done two weeks ago to give his team a chance at, at recovering the onside kick and a potential Hail Mary, Hail Mary. But in this situation, it almost felt like that decision deflated their momentum. They were at the 10-yard line. It was first and goal at the 10. They run two incomplete plays. There's 44 seconds left on the clock, or 30, 30, maybe it was 39. I don't remember which uh, the exact number. Uh, but he decides to kick the field goal. Okay, something that, that should have happened in the game two weeks ago. They kick the onside kick. Obviously, you don't get it. Indianapolis recovers. Game's over. You put yourself in that situation to have to use desperate measures to win. Those are the kinds of things that are going to happen. And I, I mean, maybe you know maybe he you know maybe Cliff Kingsbury was just sold on the fact that like yeah I I agree with all of my criticism. That I should have kicked the ball on third down two weeks ago, so I'm going to do it this week. But it was almost like in the wrong situation, and and he's been criticized this year for not challenging, not challenging calls in the field. I think, he's, I think, I think the Cardinals are like fourth, the fourth fewest amount of of coaches challenges this year. Then he throws one in the second quarter, and you're like, what? it's pretty obvious that that's not going to go your way. And then at the end of the second quarter, right, right before half, an obvious coaches challenge. You're like, okay, he's going to challenge it. No, no red flag comes out. Decides to, to let it go. I, it, I just the decisions week to week continue to be problematic. And I'll tell you one really big problematic si- system, uh, you know, the, the thing that I guess showed up this weekend, and it all it's all on coaching. We'll talk about that next right here. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Join Spears and Ali this afternoon from 3 to 6 for some Monday Night Football. Broadcasting their show live from the famous Sam's at River and Lachoya, great location. Been there many times. Uh, they got a lot of TVs, lots of beers on tap. It's a clean and friendly spot, so you can trust to bring your uh, family, your 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 kiddos and stuff like that. And uh, they got, of course, got the great menu. Um, uh, they have half price wings on Monday, so enjoy that. And uh, head on down there, watch the uh, watch the game this afternoon or this evening, I should say. This afternoon, watch Spears and Ali goof off for three hours, and then. Watch the uh, Saints and the Dolphins, that is, today and every Monday night football from the famous Sam's at River and La Let's get back to things that are going wrong with the Cardinals. And it starts – it starts, it, starts at, and it doesn't start at the top. It, it's not as bad as as some of the situations in the NFL where you have bad owners. Bad ownership is leading to a poor team. I don't think that's the case with the Cardinals right now. It used to be the case for, you know, three decades with the Cardinals, but not anymore. Uh, this starts at, at the coaching level. This is, this is right at the top of the head coaching level. Now, Matt Prater yesterday did not have a good day. One of, his, one of his worst days as a kicker ever. He missed two field goals and a PAT. Now, we had found out earlier in the week, uh, I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday, that Andy Lee, the punter, long-time NFL punter, had been placed on the COVID list. Now, Andy Lee is also the holder for place kicks. Okay, no problem. Happens all the time. Guys who hold for place kicks, uh, you know, they're, they're, whether it's you know COVID or other injuries, like you know, a lot of times it's it's the punter or the quarterback. Things changes happen, you know, and, and look, you have to sometimes have a new holder. It's just the way it goes. But based on, and, and look, I am not an expert on how to hold a, a football for a kick. But there are guys that are experts in that situation, guys like Jay Feely and other former kickers that have commented on what they saw out of Matt Prater and his kicks of the Cardinals on Saturday night and said that it was 100% on Colt McCoy, the holder. Now, why would that be Cliff Kingsbury's fault? Well, because he didn't think enough about possibly having to use a backup holder to have him ready to hold a football for a big kick, or for any kick, for that matter, based on you know what some of these experts were saying, that it, w- it was such a horrible hold that Matt Prater basically had no chance at making the kicks, like that they were they were that bad, that the laces were pointed in the same direction as the ball was being tilted, and for a right-footed kicker, it, it was a death knell based on the direction they were being held. So, Cliff Kingsbury completely dropped the ball on making sure that his backup holder didn't know what the hell he was doing. Not having your backups ready to play is a glaring a glaring display of poor coaching. Didn't have his backups ready to play. And we've seen it before. When The other game that, that Prater was having uh, poor kicks on was when they had their backup long snapper in the game. The backup long snapper couldn't get the ball there properly. Just bad coaching. It's almost like he he only focuses on you know the guys that are starting on you know, the offense and the defense whatever and uh, the special team will work that out. It's it's a whole organizational. You have to you have to be on top of every single little thing, little minute details like oh Colt McCoy is going to have to hold the kicks today for for Prater. Ah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's done it before. Colt, you feel good? Yeah, I'm good, coach. Okay, cool. Great. We're we're, we're fine here. (laughs) Dude, he was not fine. You dropped seven points in the kicking game. By the way, you lost by six. Probably could have used those seven points. It's poor coaching. Period. Doesn't have the backups ready to play at several levels backup wide receivers haven't been able to run routes properly. AJ Green has has not really fit into this offense period. And not that he's a backup, but you got to get that guy you know on his game, especially when you've got DeAndre Hopkins out. Christian Kirk still can't catch a football. I I I, I don't I just I, you know I watch him play and he's wide open. Wide open. And then clank uh, it just you know ball's being dropped it you know again this was this was not a problem early in the season. This is a problem now, same as we watched Christian Kirk last year, second half of the season couldn't catch a cold it's been it's 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 it, there's a there's some kind of an epidemic with this football team under Cliff Kingsbury, and it hasn't been just with the Cardinals. You look at his records at Texas Tech late game situations were not good for the for the Red Raiders under Cliff Kingsbury. And late in the season, they were bad. What do the Cardinals do? They're in the playoffs. It's hard to fire a coach after the team gets in the playoffs, right? Third season, got a, a you know an MVP caliber quarterback. You've got a wide receiver who's out of this world, but continues to get hurt. spend a lot of time on the sidelines in a boot, in a in a brace, whatever have you. You know, it's hard to get some consistency that way. But, hey, everybody else is doing it, right? It's not like the Cardinals are the only team that lost a top-tier player to injury and or COVID, sickness, whatever, protocols. Everybody's going through it. The the Indianapolis Colts were decimated on Saturday night by COVID protocols. Decimated. Half the offensive line was out. What do they do? The the one fo- I talked about it. the focus of the Cardinals stop Jonathan Taylor don't let him run all over the place. At the end of the game, sure it looked good. What do they do? First play of the game, forty three yards, bang. Well, there you go. That's out the window. I saw that. I was like, this is it. This game's over already. This game is over already. Cardinals go down on they 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 won the toss. Kingsbury says, I want the ball. Good. I, I I like that. Get your offense on the field. Try to get them a lead because they've been playing from behind the entire second half of this season. Get them a lead. They're you know, down there attempt a 51-yard field goal that misses by 6 miles. Uh and then you got to go back on defense now, play half the field and bang 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 and now you're down again. It's just it's it, it's the same old story. 43 yards on the opening play to the guy that everybody knows is getting the ball. You just have to stop him against a team whose half of their offensive line is out because of COVID protocols. Nope, didn't matter. It, it, again, I don't, I don't know if you fire Cliff Kingsbury. I, I, I tend to err on the side of not firing coaches because I just, it just leads to more and and more dysfunction in the program if you continue to fire coaches, especially if they make the playoffs. I mean, we don't know what kind of playoff run they're going to have. I'm not expecting much out of them. I'm not expecting the Cardinals to win. I, I, I was talking to. Some you know I was at family. We we're doing family Christmas on Saturday night. Cardinals game is on. I told you know people there and there's you know there's a bunch of cardinal fans and they look. Family is all they all love sports. They're all you know they're all athletes, former athletes or whatever, college whatever. Um, and they they all ask me like, what do you think about the Cardinals? I'm like, I don't think they're going to win another game. <laughs> they're like, what? I'm like I don't think they're going to win another game. They're not going to win tonight. They're going to go to Dallas. I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys. And then for some strange reason, they continue to play these weird games against the Seattle Seahawks, and they probably lose that game too. And they were like, <laughs> they were confused. I'm like, oh, watch them play. You think this, this is a winning football team? After the game, they're like, yeah, that's, that, that, you may be right. They may not win another game. So the Cardinals, if they end up 10-7 and seven and back into the playoffs and lose their first game, I think you definitely got to be looking – for a replacement for Cliff Kingsbury because you can't have that, period. can't have it. Not the way it's gone down. All right, we're still talking some NFL. We got some more NFL Week uh, 16 to discuss. Some big games over the weekend, some big performances. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN
1: Tucson. Join Spears and Ali this Wednesday, December 29th from 3 to 6 as they broadcast their show live from the Barrio Brewery located on the corner of East 16th and Euclid. They'll get you ready for the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. There's happy hour going on from 3 p.m. to 7. It's a dollar off all drafts and $5 appetizers, which is awesome. Uh, food there is amazing at Barrio Brewing Company, and uh, of course all the great beers that they have there on tap. Some of their best local brews featured every single week, every single day at Barrio Brewing. Barrio Brewing celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona and uh, Joint Spears and Ali. That's this Wednesday night from three to six as they broadcast live and have a good old, good old time at the Barrio Brewing Company. As I have to just sit here in my office and broadcast live from my desk. So NFL Week 16, it started on Thursday night. The Niners lose to the Titans. Uh, It just, look, a a game that the Titans didn't have any business winning. But lo and behold, Jimmy Garoppolo, not sharp, gave the game away to the Tennessee Titans. The 49ers are clinging to a sixth seed right now. But, man, that was a huge setback. And look, that was a huge win for the Titans, but a huge setback for the 49ers. The uh, the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday absolutely just smoked the Ravens, and they were throwing the ball with thirty seconds left in that game too. By the way, <laughs> up three touchdowns, trying to get Joe Burrow a record, and uh, he got one. And we'll talk about that coming up uh, at the uh, in the eight o'clock hour. But the Bengals have now completed the first, and I talked about this on Thursday. I'm like, I wonder when the last time they've swept the both Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Well, we found out yesterday; it's their first season sweep of Pittsburgh and Baltimore since the 2009 season. And Joe Burrow was electric yesterday. 37 of 46, 525 yards passing, four touchdowns. Could have been a fifth. There was a a, a play that was reviewed that was called back and I agreed with the I agreed with the overturning of the touchdown. T Higgins was awesome yesterday. I, and this is a funny thing. Like this is just a little side note on this. This again. This is why one of the things, one of the one of the litany of reasons why I don't play fantasy football. T. Higgins yesterday, according to the little fantasy tracker down below, on whatever, you know, whatever channel I was watching, said that he had scored forty three point eight points in fantasy with his you know, eleven catches, hundred ninety eight yards, and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow, who completed 37 passes for 525 yards and threw five, four touchdown passes, uh, only scored 37.6 fantasy points. <laughs> like, like, how is he six points behind T. Higgins? I don't get it. Uh, uh, you, you tell me that a receiver who had, you know, a great day, don't get me wrong, but a quarterback who threw for four, 525 yards and four touchdowns had fewer points? And again, that's just – its it's Dungeons & Dragons for football fans. Which look, I don't have a problem with, but uh, hey, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna play it. Be ready to uh, to hear the ridicule from time to time. The uh, Los Angeles Rams take control over the NFC West as they overcome just an absolutely awful game from Matthew Stafford. I mean, when I say awful, I I I don't. It's almost like and I, have a, I have a buddy who's a who's a Rams fan. Poor guy. Um, he even texted me. He's like, he goes, well, it appears that uh, Matthew Stafford has money on the Vikings today. He threw three interceptions. Two of them were just like, what are you doing? Like, do you, do you feel like you're you're back with the Lions and playing the Vikings and you just, like, hand the ball over to them? They, they, there was one of them. I, I was just I, – I, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, there's – there's not a quarterback in the league who would make that throw, not one. But lo and behold, they were able to outlast the Vikings, who just couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run the football. Alexander Madison was completely ineffective. Um, you know, without Dalvin Cook, they they just couldn't move the ball. Adam Thielen got hurt early in the second half of that game, and it left the uh, it left the Rams just able to blanket coverage. Justin Jefferson. And none of the other guys on the field were going to beat them. Uh, So the the Rams come out of there with a victory despite how poorly they played. Uh, The Vikings now, the Vikings are on the brink of elimination, and they play at Green Bay uh, next week. So good luck. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, and I called them the Jills two weeks ago, and they earned it. But they exact revenge against the Patriots in a huge game. As Josh Allen returns to an MVP level of play, he was stellar in that game yesterday, specifically on the, the game-clinching drive where he had to just kind of make things up as it went along because they felt like at that point, like Belichick had figured things out, like the defense was basically calling out the plays at the line of scrimmage, and so the Bills had to just go with, we're going to backyard this thing. We're going to wing it, and Josh Allen was able, to, uh, uh, was able to, to get them that victory. He had that scramble, the unannounced scramble, um, where he they needed to pick up the first down. It was fourth and one, and he was able to make a move on the outside and holding the ball out there like a loaf of bread. But, hey, <laughs> whatever works for you, man, was able to get the first down. And then the shovel pass kind of looking thing <clears throat> that he did later in that drive, to uh, uh, to secure another first down, He just kept the clock running. He was uh, he was fantastic yesterday and uh, returned to that MVP level. And they need him. You know the the Bills. They have to have Josh Allen if they're going to be successful. The Patriots, meanwhile, lose their fifth game at home this year. They're three and five at home. Now they have the Jags and the Dolphins remaining, so you would expect they get a win um, at home against the Jaguars, and then uh, at the at the end of the season. They're going to play the Dolphins, and that could be an interesting one. That could be a situation where they're trying to knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs, or they're trying to secure their own seat, or you know, whatever happens with Buffalo. So Patriots uh, not uh, not done yet. Nine and six on the season, two more games to go. The the Los Angeles, the other Los Angeles team who played even worse than the other Los Angeles team did, the Chargers lose a game at Houston. They were a thirteen and a half point favorite going into that game. To lose that game. It look an NFL, thirteen and a half is a huge number for NFL. You, you know this. That's like a college team losing as a four touchdown favorite. Like it really is. Like a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Easy, easy win. And you lose. And they didn't just lose. They got they got boat raced. They got their butts kicked yesterday. Like it was brutal. Forty one twenty nine the final. They had the Texans. Hang a forty-one on them. There were defensive touchdowns in the game, and as I mentioned, Rex Burkhead, who I, I didn't even know, still even was able to play football. Had twenty-two carries, one hundred and forty-nine yards, two touchdowns, out there looking like, like, I don't know, like uh, Derrick Henry or, or Jonathan Taylor or something. My God, their run defense, that that Chargers run defense, is now a festering wound. That is a major problem for them. They're 8-7 and seven right now, and they're holding on for dear life to a playoff spot. But if even if they get in the playoffs, that run defense, th- they are awful. We'll talk about that coming up, just how bad they are coming up in just a little bit. Meanwhile, the Chiefs crush the Steelers. They're still the best team in the AFC. Again, completely on brand for... Andy Reid. That's what a great coach looks like. That's what a what what a well coached team looks like. Uh, Thirty six to ten winners over the Steelers. Th- that game was over at halftime, um, and uh, they look great. Like the, the 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 Chiefs look great, and now the Steelers hanging on for dear life. They play the Browns on Monday Night Football, and then they got to go to Baltimore to finish up the season. So they got two AFC North games still coming up. That AFC North is still don't like. <laughs> that division is still up for grabs. The Browns could end up winning that damn thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the week. And then last night, uh, a game that I just I turned off at one point in the in the second quarter because it was over that quickly. The Cowboys absolutely annihilate the Washington football team. 56-14, the final there. And uh, Dak Prescott... You know, people talk about how he's been in a slump, and even even after the game, he said, well, that, that was you saying I was in a slump. I didn't say that. And the Cowboys have won the NFC East, and uh, that officially crushes my parlay that I had at the beginning of the season. My very first FanDuel Sportsbook bet was my eight-leg parlay of all the division winners. I had Washington like an idiot. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Uh, we come back. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more NFL. I have something else I want to discuss before we, uh, before we move on to the 8 o'clock hour. Stay right here. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos.
1: Desert Diamond is
0: true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Let's take a look at my... Friday five my picks from over the weekend I had my Friday five is more like the Thursday five because didn't have a show on Friday my Friday five picks in the NFL those are picks against the spread went three and two this week and oh, stinking Green Bay Packers come on you let Baker Mayfield throw four interceptions against you and you still can't cover a seven-point spread give me a break <laughs> so I got the Colts the Colts covered their spread. Of course, I had them straight up, and they did. Um, they got that one, got the win there. I had the uh, the Bengals minus three. They easily covered as they uh, they doubled up Baltimore. They beat them by three touchdowns. I had the Jags in a pillow fight over the Jets, the Jags covering their uh, their plus two in that game. And it was going to push until the Jets kicked a last-minute field goal to push it to five. Uh, that game didn't go uh, my direction. I had a couple of parlays, too. I, I was like, I'm going to ride the Jags because I love betting against the Jets because it's kind of easy money, to be honest with you, and it has been all year. So I'm like, I'm going to bet Jacksonville today. <laughs> that didn't go so well. I had the Packers minus seven and a half. Of course, they lose a nail-biter or they win a nail-biter to the, uh, to the uh, Ravens. Or Ravens. I'm looking at the wrong sheet here. The Browns. As uh, again, horrible game by Baker Mayfield, but geez, what an ugly game that was. I had, uh, I, I one of my favorite games to pick all week was the Eagles and the Giants. The Giants, hey, when you watch football, throw the records aside, throw the players out the window, whatever. Don't don't, don't worry about players. Don't worry about uh, the uh, th- like the actual record of the team. If you watch the games. Dude, the New York Giants might be the worst team in football right now. Like, they are awful. They are so, <laughs> so bad. Now, granted, they had Jake Fromm at the helm yesterday, their third-string quarterback. But, wow, is that team bad. They are they are just full of problems. They can't tackle anybody on defense. They've got guys out of position. The offense is completely discombobulated regardless of of who the quarterback is, it is not good. Like they're bad. And they got the the coach got the old vote of confidence yesterday, or over the weekend, saying to Joe Judge, you know, he's gonna be our coach. Okay, good luck. And in my lock of the week, I I, I said it yes I said it on Thursday. Uh Tampa was minus ten. I took Tampa minus ten. I would have taken Tampa minus sixteen in that game. I honestly would have. Um, I even got the, the the spread the um the point differential correct I had him 40 to 14 it was 32 to 6 still 26 point difference so i go to 33 and 37 on the season against the spread in my uh, friday five picks and i'm nine and four in my locks of the week so feeling okay feeling a little bit better still upset about that about the packers not able to smash the browns after getting the ball four extra times in that game all right, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, the Dean's List and the dunce List. Going to start things off in there. And then we have plenty of other things to discuss, including some local news revol- in involving the, uh, the Wildcats basketball team and the football team as well as some uh, recruiting news as well. Stay tuned. Just a quick two-minute turnaround right here. And we'll be right back on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson casino
0: del sol studio the soul of tucson this is espn tucson kffn tucson kwcx tank Verde, verdi kmx hd4 tucson